0: Welcome to the Players First Podcast, where we look to showcase the stories, journeys, and development of former and current professional basketball players and their continual growth in knowing who they really are. Today's guest is Sharnay Zoll Norman. Sharnay is a former standout at the University of Virginia, a former WNBA and overseas professional, and currently serves as an assistant coach for the women's program at the University of Rhode Island. We talked her today about accountability, staying humble, how to use your platform responsibly, and to slow down and be okay with who you are. Hope you enjoy this podcast and look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, how are you? Great uh, to be here. No, thank you so much for spending some time and, and giving us uh, some of your time and, uh, you know, talking about your, your career and your experiences as a player Uh, I know now that you're a coach at the University of Rhode Island, uh, you can kind of look back on those times and then, you know, use those experiences to help your your current players. And so I'm just here again, thankful and and ready to hear what you have to say. Now, uh, I want to ask you what I ask every guest is how were you introduced to the game of basketball?
1: Well, I was introduced to the game um, through my, my father he's from indiana so you know basketball is in his blood Uh, and being from hoosier land um and so he he's played my whole life and growing up i just wanted to do everything he did so watching him go to the courts and he you know he he played at some outside courts in philly he played semi-pro when we were in germany and i just followed him every step of the way just trying to hold his gym bag and that was one of the ways we got to spend quality time together and I, I've loved it ever since. Um, I think I picked up a ball at five years old. And, and since then, I've just been carrying one around
0: myself. That's great. That's good stuff. Now, yeah, you talk about, you know, following your dad and, and jumping into his footsteps and kind of like, you know, uh, I think every time we look to our parents for leadership and guidance, we sometimes look, I don't know, we look at the, some other factors, But then when we really go back to the genesis or the beginning of why we do what we do in our professional life or in our careers or what we love to do, it all started with something as simple as athletics like that. You know, it's like, wow, something that seems so, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't imagine back then, you know, sports, especially for females at that time was just so huge. Uh, It was just something to do, a hobby. Yeah, for you mm-hmm. to turn into something that was going to kind of shape your life and, and really be uh, enrich your life as well. So I think that's fantastic. fantastic. Now, who were some of your greatest influences growing up as far as basketball? Who would be besides your dad? Who else did you look to and you say, man, I want to be like them. I, I, I see how they're doing things and uh, or people in the neighborhood. How, how did all that come about as far as influences?
1: Um, I would have to say Don Staley. Um, okay. You know, being right across the bridge, I'm, I'm a Jersey girl. My family is from Philly. Um, so just seeing her do everything that she did, and, you know, at the University of Virginia, um, going down there and taking that the program to a, a national national stage, getting to, you know, a national championship, um, three Final Fours was was huge. Um, being able to see her then go, you know, go on to the ABL. I remember when I was a kid, um, I left the karate tournament and drove to, to to mass to see her play. She was with the Philadelphia Rage, um, wow. seeing her in WNBA USA um, and just, you know, she, she looked like I was right. She was a small point guard, but was tough um, played with grit, had a lot of leadership and she just changed the game without having to score points, you know, her, her leadership and her court vision and ability to make her teammates better um, really resonated with me and, and
0: how I wanted to play the game. That's great. Because I think a lot of times we, uh, you know, growing up, I I just was enthralled with Michael Jordan, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I never grew to 6'6". I'm still waiting. <laughs> but, uh, <I> don't <laughs> Me know, too. <laughs> I don't know if it's going <laughs> to happen. Uh, and, however, I did see, uh, you know, guys like John Stockton. Guys, really Magic Johnson, I'll be honest with you. Magic Johnson really was that point guard that I said, man, I want to do those passes, don't no looks, looks, look one way, go the other. Okey doke and you know he was stuck to the ground however Michael Jordan was flying through the air and I think we we all kind of gravitate towards people who look like us play like us have maybe some of the limitations that people may say we have but are still Mm -hmm. succeeding and I think that's probably what you saw as well was like man it doesn't matter like you said she had great leadership grit court vision uh setting everybody else up and I think that's great that's a, that's a, that's a yes. great great influence right there.
1: Absolutely, and that's why representation matters so much, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes it's, when you see someone that looks like you, you believe you believe it. or right? You don't just have to visualize um, every part of it. You just have to visualize, okay, well, now I need to get my skills to that level. Um, yeah. When you see someone that, that, that resembles you or, you know, you can see yourself becoming, um, it's so important. To, for kids to be able to inspire to be that and, and to
0: uh, dream about yeah no that's that's a great point and i want to emphasize on that because i think society as a whole whether it's entertainment education uh you know the arts uh, whatever it is i think we need mm-hmm. to see more of what we as minorities look like and so yep. that our kids and the children that you're talking about like the Underprivileged, underserved, and maybe even kids that are from affluent backgrounds—they still don't know what all they can do because they just haven't seen it like them. And so that's a yeah. great—that's just a great point. I I, I really appreciate you t- saying that because, yeah, you know, I just I I didn't know the difference. Like, I mean, I've always been, you know, always been out out and about in the sun as a Hispanic. We we're people of the mm-hmm. sun, right? So, yeah. you know, my skin looked like Michael Jordan's skin in my eyes. So I didn't yeah. know, I didn't know, you know, hey, Mexican-Americans aren't supposed to be playing basketball, like you <laughs> play baseball yeah. or soccer or something. Like I, yeah. I, I felt like you like I had that representation. So, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It's really, really good. I, you know, yeah. The, Thank you. yeah. These podcasts aren't just for the listeners. They're for me, too Uh,
1: (laughs) that's it for all of us right
0: that's how we learn that's how we learn yeah yeah no so it's so true so true you know these things It just there's times when the light doesn't come on and it came Mm -hmm. it came on real quick (laughs) Uh, so I would ask you as far as a as a high school athlete because you know Mm -hmm. you very successful all that but what was your experience like like what really was it like for you uh you know kind of being a uh highly ranked a highly, uh, sought after uh, high school player?
1: You know, it's, it's funny because I I never really thought of myself, um, as highly ranked or highly sought after. Um, you know, I'm I'm really good friends with, you know, Candace Parker, right. And she was the number one player in the country. So I always looked at her life and said, wow, like she's really, she couldn't go anywhere without being noticed. Right. So I I never thought that I, I lived that life. Um, But, you know, I I was really blessed to get to go to two different high schools that really embraced me and and supported me. Uh, When I was going into high school, graduating my eighth grade year, my mother was retiring from the Air Force. She was in the Air Force for 20 years. So, you know, being able to be an athlete and playing the game helped me to adjust really quickly. So, you you know, we all, going from eighth grade to ninth grade, that's that's a big jump, right? You know, you're going through everything that kids are going through. But to then be moving and going to a whole – different place that I I only knew four or five girls that I played basketball with. Um, I thought it was going to be really tough, but being able to be on a team, you kind of have built-in friends. Um, You also are are able to kind of, you have conversation pieces and icebreakers because you're on the team and now some of the kids from school are coming to the game. So it made it a lot easier to adjust. And it, you know, gave me, made, made friends and made me even comfortable in different
0: aspects to, to have a
1: voice and kind of learn what my platform
0: was at that point. Wow, that's great. You know, it, there's always these adjustments that we have to make in life. And and some people have a hard time adjusting, but it seems like you were kind of forced into some adjustments. Therefore, it helped you down the line. That's great. Because uh, yeah. we all try to shield our children from, you know, having to make tough decisions or having to assimilate uh to different things that we just feel like we just mm-hmm. want everything easy for them however mm-hmm. we can't save them from all the flames or from having to make like you said adjustments and you know being part of a team man there's nothing like it there's really nothing like it no. I, you know being a coach uh is not the same as being a player because when you're no. a player man you just the bus rides mean more The mm-hmm. you know the time in the hotel rooms or where, you know what I mean? Just the time in the locker room, heck. I mean, those things yeah. mean so much. So, yeah, that, that's a great experience, Coach, that you're talking about. Now, uh, how, you know, here again, going back to how highly sought after you were and maybe people were in your ear telling you this and that, how important was it to keep your circle small when it came to outside influences?
1: Oh, man, it's it, it's, it's extremely important. Um, you know you need to keep people around you who are going to uplift you, support you, inspire you and also keep you accountable yeah. right and I think my my parents and my support system did a, a phenomenal job of making sure they always kept me humble. Um, they, yeah. they were very realistic and and you know what I could do that if I put my mind to it I had to work hard. I was never allowed to quit anything. Um, and you know they just they, they let me know my, they were very realistic in the sense that, you know, I, I, if I went to a party and say it got broke up, well, my name might be in the paper, not not other people who were in there. It might be me. And so yeah. I think giving me that that realistic approach and perspective from the beginning, I took heed to that. Um, it actually scared me straight <laughs> in the sense that I, I, I was so nervous that that was, you know, that would be the case that I almost never went out um, uh-huh. because I was scared. But, you know, it's, it's too often as athletes that we allow any and everyone access to us. Yeah. Um, especially now with this social media age. Um, and, you know, you have to be careful because that can be detrimental to, to your growth and, and to your success, your current success and your future success.
0: Wow, yeah. You know, accessibility, we, we uh, you know, as adults and, and, and as leaders now, we think of it like, yeah, I want to be accessible to my players. I want to be accessible to people. I want to help add value. Mm-hmm. But when you're a kid, it's like, or when you're a young person, accessibility mm-hmm. isn't always the greatest thing uh because you don't know how to channel it and yeah. so i think it's the you know i like how you said you weren't allowed to quit either like that's no. that's those are huge things like we let kids off the hook too many times nowadays instead mm-hmm. of having to persevere and i mean i don't yeah. get, i don't got to tell you with you know this transfer portal thing but uh you know yeah. s- somewhere along the line somebody uh let, you know let them I don't know. I don't want to say get away with it, but but let them quit on terms that were not. Uh, I don't know. They weren't relevant. You know. I don't. I don't feel like it. I don't want to go. Those aren't yep. reasons to quit anything. That's just your. No, feelings. I don't think so. And we we've allowed the kids to have um, the power, and I
1: understand that sometimes adults take advantage of the power, and so the yep. transfer portal is good in that aspect. That you know, it basketball shouldn't be. Um, an environment or sports period shouldn't shouldn't warrant an environment of abuse um, whether that be mental physical or verbal Um, so I I agree with it in that aspect but I also feel like we you know as a society we have to allow our our young children to fail and to persevere and to understand that number one sometimes life isn't fair but also number two you're not always going to be comfortable And, and in order to be great and to succeed you're gonna have to be uncomfortable and um, that's what sports should be right they, they shouldn't be it shouldn't be comfortable all the time you have to learn and grow and fail in order to succeed so um you know, hopefully we get it right at some point. <laughs> we yeah. reel it in so that it's not always, you know, this many kids transferring all the time. But uh, yeah, I think it's been, you know, too extreme. So we got to kind of meet in the middle at some point.
0: Yeah, no, like what you talked about, being uncomfortable. There's that saying: mm-hmm. learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And yep. uh, and I would say that to every listener, you know, young person listening as well, players like, learn to get out of your comfort zone first of all, and then you can really challenge yourself. And then, second of all, you know, kind of going back to the whole, uh, you know, transfer portal, like it helps some kids to get out of a bad situation. I don't want to make it seem like yeah. like it's just a cop out for everybody who jumps into that portal. Because I've had some former players who have already been in there, and mm-hmm. uh, and I hear their stories, and I know what's going on. And so right. I, I think at the same time, it's uh, so many kids is alarming. So many yeah. situations can't all be the same. So, I just think, and hopefully, we figure it out. And, and us as coaches, us as leaders, uh, in, and everybody, all stakeholders involved, do better. So we don't see yeah. that. And so that's uh, that's kind of where I, where I think about when I think about that, that's where I go with it. Now, Coach, uh, what was your experience like going to Virginia and playing there in the ACC? How how did that work out for you? Like here again, a lot of success and all, but. What was how through your lens, what was that like?
1: Oh man, um, my experience at UVA was amazing. you know it was it was a great four years athletically, personally and academically. Um, I was able to grow. I had a, a you know coaching staff that allowed me to grow as a person to, to make mistakes, um, but also to learn to be accountable for them and then grow from that um, and mature from that. and then on the court as well. Um, you know, I, I started every game of my career, which sometimes it was really ugly, right? I, yeah, I joked that, yeah. you know, when I was leaving my senior game, I said, listen, I might, I might lead in assists right now, but I'm, I'm also probably top five in turnovers. so we'll see how that goes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> my, yeah. my freshman year wasn't always pretty, but um, I was able to learn, and, and I had a coaching staff that stuck with me through that. And, um, I, I learned to be humble. I learned to be a better leader. I learned uh, in, in so many ways. To, to mature and that was one of the places where I learned point guards are, are never right you know yeah. if a coach tells you something whether you're on the floor or off the floor or whether it's your fault or not you take it and you, you never throw a teammate under the bus. so um, I learned a lot at UVA I'm, I'm very thankful that being at UVA has helped me to make the, the networking to be where I am you know coach Reese who, who is our, our head coach here went to UVA as well and so it was one of the best decisions of my life
0: yeah, no, you're, you're saying a lot of good stuff about being coachable and then being a good teammate. Mm-hmm. Like, I think every kid that's being recruited in America right now, for them to make sure that they make that coach uh, super happy, I guess once they step foot on campus is be coachable and be a good teammate. Like, mm-hmm. the academic part of it, you it'll, it'll take care of itself for the most part because they're not qualifying, they're not qualifying. It is what it is. However the coachability part of it, because you're always, you always look at the, as, as a player, you say, well, I'm this good at this many offers, especially if, you know, like where you're at at Rhode Island, it's a division one program, you're bringing in a division one player. Right. They've had some success where they're coming from and mm-hmm. to humble themselves and to be coachable and be a good teammate. That's saying yeah. a lot. So I like, I like how you kind of alluded to that. Cause that's, it's great advice for anybody listening Quite honestly. Uh, thank you so coach I would ask you now you talked about Don Staley kind of being that uh, that focal point of like you wanted to see, you wanted to see yourself in those shoes well you mm-hmm. you kind of uh, passed her up as the all, all-time <laughs> assist leader in, in, in the ACC what did that feel like you know got it because you you look you look up to somebody and then all of a sudden you not that you're looking and you look back and you see her because she holds a ton of records. but a ton, yeah. <laughs> but that one record, you achieved it, you know, at the position you played and how important it was for you. Uh, what did that feel like for you?
1: Oh, man. Um, to that point, it, that was the single greatest accomplishment of my basketball career. Yeah. Um, when I first stepped foot on grounds at UVA, I, I made that assist record my goal, and that's what I worked for, sacrificed, and, and prayed for. Um, you know, that, that was a a goal of mine, just knowing that one of the reasons that I went to UVA was because of Dawn and, you know, to try and and beat that as a point guard was, was my main focus, um, obviously to win games was number one, but, you know, being a point guard in order to win games, you got to make your teammates better and put them in positions to, to be successful. And, you know, I always, anytime I talk about this, I always, you got to shout out my teammates because they're the ones who knocked down the shots and and made the buckets. Because um, if it wasn't for them, then, you know, I, I wouldn't have broken that record. So it was a full team effort. But like you said, as a point guard, that was one of the things that was my main focus, to try and help make people better and help get them to be successful.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're an extension of the coach. And maybe that's why you made such a, a, a good transition into coaching, is because you have that mindset, like, you know, make others better. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's the goal of every coach every day. It's to help players yeah. get better every day. I mean, other than that, what are you doing? You know, right? Except <laughs> so, so wasting time and hanging out with young people. I mean, which is, which, exactly. which, which is all good. <laughs> However, you know, that's that's definitely not fun. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's definitely not fun uh, yeah, at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> After a while, you're forgetting who's going to supposed to be influencing who. So, yeah, Exactly. yeah, no, that's great, coach. Now. I, you know, it's, all, it's, you know, to this point, we've talked about, you know, some of the successes and, and achievements now. What were some of your struggles in college and how'd you overcome them?
1: I think that the biggest struggle I had, um, was with my confidence, you know, this, yeah. this you know, playing, especially playing at, at the point guard position, you know, you have to be extremely confident. You can never show your teammates that you're down or you're struggling or that you have any doubt. Right. And so, um, for me that was, that was kind of a little bit difficult, yeah. right? Because things all, I wasn't always successful. I told you, especially my first year, I remember one game I had seven turnovers and a half, which was unheard of. You know, yeah. I, I didn't have seven turnovers and in, in a four span, four game span um, in high school AAU. So that was a little bit difficult, but you know, I was able to overcome these with, with, with God, um, with the support of my family, always being there to, to help pull me up when I was down. Um, And just, you know, I had to train my mind to be mentally tougher. Yeah. I majored in psychology. So, you know, I I tried to learn and and study sports psychology and ways to try and train my mind to be as strong or even stronger than my body. Yeah. That's that's what confidence is, right? Is being able to believe in ourselves and and no matter whether you're up or you're down, being able to stay even killed and believe in the process. And so, um it was a struggle at times and it was, it was things that I had to, like you said, overcome, but also work at every single day.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like how you talked about how you kind of dove into uh, sports psychology. I, uh, mm-hmm. you know, released a, uh, an episode on my coaching podcast yesterday with uh, Julie Fournier, who runs uh basketball psychology. Mm-hmm. I, and, uh, you know, I'm super, you know, Psychology was, you know, that was the first thing I thought about majoring in when I got into college. And I've always wanted to know why people think what they think and why they do what they do. And then yeah. on the sports side of it, I'm learning so much more and more and more as I go along. And it just means so much more to help people with. Uh, like, I, I can't use it for myself to the, to the degree that I could have years years ago. However, I can Correct. still apply it to pressure moments, like you talked about, stay, staying even mm-hmm. keel.
1: And mm-hmm. uh,
0: and those things really, really matter for the kid that is super talented uh, but is lacking confidence, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. you, that you kind of dealt with, you know, just breathing, those type of things, <laughs> learning how to just yeah. to, to connect uh, your mind, your body, your skill set, all those things. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think mental health is a part of that, and it's just really important for us to, Absolutely. to, for us to really continue to learn about those mm-hmm. things as we serve young people. It's just really important. So glad you you brought that up. Uh, now you talked about your struggles and you know confidence and all that, but with your education, was ever was that was that ever a struggle, and how important was it in, in the process? No, that that was
1: never a struggle, and it was it was extremely important. It was probably the most important factor. Um, my my mom didn't play any bad bad grades in the house. Uh, <laughs> she would always she told me from the time that I started playing on teams that you know if I if I brought in bad grades or if I didn't have good grades then I wouldn't be playing basketball at all, and she didn't care who who didn't like it. Um, and she meant that. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> she, sure. I'm sure. She she meant that, and so you know, no matter how great of a player. You are the game is going to come to an end, yeah, um, yeah. and you don't know when that day will be. You you don't have any control over that. You know, I was blessed to be able to play eleven years professionally, um, but I also went through some injuries that, that I know could have ended the game for me um, at, at the blink of an eye. And so, the one thing that you have and the one thing that you can rely on is your education. Yeah, and so you you've got to you've got to hold that as more important than the game. Right, you you have yeah. to that that is the one thing that is going to get you you know if I couldn't keep the grades I wouldn't be on the court yeah so yeah. that's the main thing
0: prioritizing things you know Absolutely. making making sure you put first things first uh and then coming from a military family yeah there's <laughs> you don't have very many options <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it <laughs> no 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 i didn't have
1: much say in that yeah, no not <laughs> at
0: all and i like that that's good stuff now you 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 talked about your time at Virginia and how much fun it was and how great it was. But here right. again, when we talk about education and the, those unseen hours. We talk about unseen hours when it comes to training and working in the gym, but there's unseen mm-hmm. hours when it comes to studying, you know, three hours mm-hmm. for every hour that you're taking, you know, whatever that, 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 that equation is. But uh, what did you sacrifice to play at Virginia?
1: Oh, man. Um... A lot, you know, I alluded to this earlier that anything that you want to do, if you want to be great, you're going to have to sacrifice good. Yeah. Right? You're, you're not going to be able to just be good enough. And so, you know, for, for me to get to UVA and to even get that scholarship or the confidence to be able to go there, I had to sacrifice partying in high school. Right? We yeah. talked about that. I had to sacrifice going to school dances um, so I could go into the gym and put in extra work sacrificed time with my family to go to all of these events up and down the East coast, trying to get that exposure to get seen. Um, You know, I I never went on a vacation, right? My summers were filled of AAU. I I think the first time I went on a vacation was when I was 29 years old. Right. So, so seven years into being a pro because I just tried to give everything I had to the game. Yeah. Um, And so to to play college basketball in college, uh, no matter what level, Right, a lot of people allude to D one, D two. It, it doesn't matter. There's great players everywhere. And in order to get that scholarship to play, you're going to have to put in the work, and you have to sacrifice. Um,
0: so it, it's just going to be how important is it to you to get there? Wow, I like what you said right there. And I think here again, my goal for for these podcasts is to help young people uh, who either in high school or in college, to or even some, some pros that are really trying to find out uh what was it like what is it like mm-hmm. and you just said something so huge about the levels and the different levels in that each level has a challenge as far as players are concerned like there's all there's great players at every level and so you have to be ready to to sacrifice to to get better there's no there's no saying oh i'm going to dominate that level and then and that's it like no. you know that's that's a that's a pipe dream not going to happen for the most part mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. your sacrifices at that point and I, I want to say this real clear so people listen and can hear this your sacrifices all seem like investments and uh, yeah. that's fantastic that's really good stuff because I have four daughters and if if my younger ones are in high school and they're, yeah they're not going to no parties and, and I yeah. I don't care what it is to keep them from losing out on the dream they say they have and keep them Absolutely. from what they say they love I'm going to do even if they get a little upset we're going we're going to do it because you said you wanted this right so let's yep. let's make the sacrifice so that that's great
1: one one decision yeah. one decision one one moment can
0: change the course of your life
1: and so yeah. you can work for years upon years for a dream for something that you say you want a goal and then you make just one bad decision Right. Yeah. And, and and that can change the course of everything. Everything could go down the drain. And so you just have to be mindful of that when when you're doing this and, you know, having your main goal at mind, in mind
0: yeah. and at the forefront of your mind every every day. Trying to not become a statistic, I think, at the end Absolutely. of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. if you really break it down, it's like, do you really want to be a statistic or do you want to be a success? Yeah. You know. Uh, Absolutely. And so that, that, yeah, now nah, that just takes me to too many places, but I really do appreciate <laughs> all that. Now, coach, you, your time at UVA high school, mm-hmm. all, you know, success upon success. Now, when you went to the professional level, you know, being drafted yes. in the WNBA playing and overseas that first time you stepped on the court and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. Whoa, I'm a, I'm a professional. What was that feeling like to, to just kind of realize that I'm a professional basketball player. I made it to where I had, here again set goals and dreams to,
1: you know, it, it's, that's kind of a funny question because, you know, now that, now that I've retired, I've had a chance to kind of look back and, and kind of feel everything, right. The, yeah. the survey would happen. I think my first moment of not, like really feeling like I was a professional was the night of the draft. Yeah. Um, and I went third round, right, to the sports, which was, I mean, playing for the sports was a dream of mine. But because I was drafted third round, the, the competitor in me wouldn't allow me to enjoy that moment. Wow. Um, and so I was always looking ahead at the next step. And then it was like, okay, well, I need to make a team. And then I need yeah. to go, you know, overseas. And I always look forward. I don't think that I ever stopped during my career to say, wow, I'm a professional, I'm living my dream. It wasn't uh-huh. really until last year when I retired that I said, man, this, is, this this was a dream come true. You know, this is what I worked hard for since I was six years old, five years old, six years old, was to be a professional basketball player and to live that for 11 years. I never really reveled in that moment um, until I retired, which is, you know, maybe it's why I I, I played so long, um, yeah. why I was able to keep pushing, because I, I didn't you know get complacent, but uh, I never really had that moment, which is funny,
0: <laughs> yeah, no you uh I don't know for some people like I think they get they would get too caught up in their own hype, uh yeah, uh, they would start as they say filling themselves and exactly. uh, like, kind of let their foot off the gas. I think that's why we see such a huge turnover uh when we see these uh highly uh rated you know players in the draft they come in and then G league or wherever else. And then
1: you don't mm-hmm. hear from them
0: again. And it's yeah. just, they got too complacent, like you said. And uh, so, yeah, now that is interesting, you know, and I'm sure it hits you like a ton of bricks too. Like, <laughs> how, What was that all it about?
1: Did. <laughs> it did, it did. It was like, Oh, wait a minute. And you know, you have 11 years of emotions um, <laughs> going through, but I, th- I think when I first, you know, I first, I was done. Right. The last game of our career was, it was just sadness. It was like, it was a big loss. Right. And then realizing that I had the possibility to get drafted was amazing. And to get drafted was really, it was great. It was a great feeling, but I think, you know, I've always been motivated by next step of looking at what my next goal is and and setting a goal and, you know, forcing myself to continue with that, to work hard towards that. Um, I feel like for me, at least if I would have, if I would have been like, okay, I'm here. I got it. I wouldn't have worked as hard to continue to move up or continue to be motivated every day.
0: Yeah. No, some people can live in the now and be okay and humble and humble themselves and be where their (laughs) feet are at. But some people might just, you know, float away into the clouds Mm -hmm. (laughs) and never come back down. So that's, that's that's just, that's a very, very good perspective on that. Now, your your experience overseas, how did that compare to the WNBA? Because you know, we we rarely hear about women playing overseas, like so rarely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, but a lot of WNBA players go play in the off season overseas. So what? W- how do you compare the two? Oh
1: man, they're they're two completely different worlds. Um, you know, overseas, I I obviously loved it. Uh, I was in Poland for nine years, so I'm basically a Polish resident. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, overseas allows you to become a new person. Uh, you get to travel. You can engulf yourself in a multitude of cultures. You learn so much about yourself and others. Um, and, you know, it just it teaches you about life. And, and you get that chance because you're practicing maybe four hours a day. And so for the rest of that time, you have free time to either, you know, you can read you can watch shows, you can get rest, you can recover, but you also can go and see different places. Yeah. Um, and and you can learn about different people, learn new languages. And obviously the WNBA, that experience is just a dream come true for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the the highest level of basketball that there is. Um, and for us growing up in America, it's something that you, you see every day. It's glorified. Like I said, it's just the highest level. And so you get to play in front of your family and friends. Um, Everyone that you grow grown up with is able to come and see you play and support you right there, and so it's, you're a little bit more comfortable in that sense. Um, but it's hard, you know. It's 144 of the best players in the world, yeah. And so that dream is is tough, yeah. So I think that that they both bring amazing aspects to players, and the players that can do both, I think you know they're they're very multifaceted
0: and can, can learn a lot. You know, I was watching the Stefan Marbury document. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Uh, No, I haven't. But he pretty much, I mean, it's not a spoiler or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, But, you know, he pretty much reinvented himself in in China. It's like he he found happiness there. He Mm -hmm. found himself, uh, if you will. And I think, like you were talking about earlier, about not, you know, getting caught up in your own hype, seems like that's what had happened to him. And then, you know, going away, like for yourself, you got to reinvent yourself in a sense. And, uh, you know, just grow as a person. Sometimes we don't see growth through the eyes of taking a route that maybe we didn't feel was necessary. Uh, yeah. But yet it's there growth. You know, it'll will uh, i go back to what you said about losing and failing. Sometimes that's going to help you grow as well and help you to succeed. So. It's kind of all, it all comes full circle. And I just think mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. Uh, that's why I love so much about this game. I really do. Like this game will will learn you real quick about who you are. It'll teach yeah. you about life. It'll teach you about you know handling ups and downs. And uh, so yeah, that's great stuff. Now, I, I you know high school, you know you you're all world, college all ACC. All those things you were, and then playing in the mm-hmm. professional level, winning championships in Poland, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just everything, so much success. Now, after all that attention and visibility in your world, like, people knew who you were and who know who you are, did you know your identity?
1: You know, this is, this is a great question.
0: Um, I believe that when I was growing
1: up, it made kind of, you know, quote, unquote, finding myself and being myself a bit harder. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I, I I wanted to hide my sexuality because I didn't want it to affect my basketball career. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're in a space now where you know being LGBT, you know, Q plus is is more widely accepted. Yeah. Um. And and, and when in time when I was growing up, it, it wasn't. Yeah. Right. It, it wasn't as accepted. Now, of course, it, we had we had made progress, but it wasn't as as widely accepted as it is now. But you know, for me now. As, as I got out of college and I realized who I was and I found a person that um, I knew that I wanted to be with for the rest of my life and, and knew that that person had my back, you know, through thick and thin and, and was the person for me, I was able to fully be comfortable in my own skin. Wow. And, and I realized that I was, you know, it was my responsibility to use my platform to let others know that they're not alone yeah. in how they feel, that, that they're able to feel how they want and they don't have to be put into a box nor do they have to be judged for who they love. Yeah. Um, you know, who, who you love is none of my business as long as it's, it's not harming anyone else. And um, I hope that I can be, like I said, use my platform to show others that that it's okay um, to, to be genuinely who you are. Yeah. And that's not just for LGBTQ kids. That, that's for anyone. Yeah. Be
0: who yeah. you are and, and be authentic and genuine in that. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice, like you said, uh, for everybody ac- across the spectrum. Uh, authenticity is so hard to find nowadays. It yeah. really is. Uh, people feel pressures and stressors from all kinds of angles to be something that they're not. Uh, yeah. You know, even in movements right now, people feel like, should I be this? Should I be that? Should I? Mm -hmm. apologize, should I feel bad, should I feel great and I think when we like we talked about mental health earlier and and psychology and all that I think really coming in terms of who you are is the first order of business like knowing who you are is going to help you to be authentic, knowing who you are is going to help you to navigate through a lot of decision making uh, Mm -hmm. and knowing, because that's going to lead you to your why and uh, so that's huge yeah yeah, yeah, that's a, that's an amazing experience, because uh, you know some of us we think these kids they need to figure it out right now. Did we figure it out at that age? You <laughs> no. Know? Did we? Did we really? Like, we put so much pressure on these kids. Like, you better figure it out, or the world's yeah. gonna eat you up. While the world's snacking on us at the moment, you know. So yeah. I, you all, know? all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's all of us. that's just kind of looking in the mirror. And really figuring out do I know that person? And if I do, mm-hmm. great. If I don't, let's let's get to know each other. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. so so important. And I be so here again, I appreciate that that your story and kind of what you went through because I think that'll help, you know, some people listening to kind of find themselves. Now, uh, you talked about your support system and and, and you you kinda of alluded to how important it was, but even to this day, how important is your support system?
1: Oh man! It's, it's, again, it's one of the most important things. Um, outside of my relationship with God, you, you know, my relationship with my family is is top notch, right? It's, it's yeah. right up there. Um, you know, it's it's crazy. I just recently lost my grandmother, who who was my best friend. Wow! Um, and none of none of the basketball accolades um, helped to console me, right? <laughs> no, no, no trophy, no thousand point ball, none of that. Helped me to get through it. The only thing that, that helped me to get through it was my family, um, my support system, the, the memories that I had. And so, you know, I, I have to realize that that's what it's about is, is your family, um, the people who are there for you to, through thick and thin, the ones who support you, whether you win or lose, um, and the ones who keep you going every single day, um, give you your, your extra motivation, give you a little bit of a kick in the butt if you're not, if you're not acting right. Yeah. Um, and yeah. to give you your praise when, when other people are trying to beat you down. Um, <laughs> that's what a support yeah. system is. And,
0: and, and I have a, a great one. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your grandmother. You have my condolences. Oh. Um, Thank you. That, that is so, I know young people, if you're listening, like your friends and your f- friendship groups and your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever friend, uh, they may seem so important, but at the end of the day, it's the people that are going to take you to the hospital if something goes wrong. It's the, pe- mm-hmm. it's the people, like you said, are going to kind of gas you up when everybody's trying to burn you down. And uh, so, yeah, that's great stuff. Uh, here again, I do appreciate that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Coach, uh, right now, here again, we, we talked a little bit about it beforehand, about civil unrest and – you know, the pandemic and kind of this uncertainty that still kind of lingers about what's going to happen with the season, and, you know, just a society and all, you know, politics, I mean, it's just crazy right now. What, right. Do, you, what do you value most right now in life?
1: Um, my relationship with God and my relationship with my family. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're starting to see all of the material things don't matter. Yeah. Um, even something like sports that sports don't make our world go around nope. right well no matter how important we want to make it um, and I've played again I've played basketball my whole life I've it's my livelihood but at the end of the day um, it's not more important than our health it's yeah. not more important than our family
0: yeah
1: um, and so I think we got a little bit of a check with that right yeah, we, we've got sure. put in our place to <laughs> say everybody needs to slow down you know your 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 accolades don't mean anything your your materials, Things don't mean anything um you need to be okay with yourself and, and you need to be okay with the people you live with yeah. you know um and so I, I just try to put my value back back in those things and in my faith and in and, and my family
0: that's fantastic that's such great advice slow down you know i think that's i heard somebody put it one time and you know we're in a timeout right now and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and as, and as a coach, you know, with timeouts, it's adjustment time. We're making adjustments. Yeah. Uh, we're certainly not saying let's keep doing what we're doing. Cause it's not working. No. It's not so, working. Yeah, It's not working. <laughs> so we have to make some adjustments. And I think that's really important for society, for us as individuals. Cause it starts with us at home. It starts with us in our minds, it starts with us Absolutely. in our hearts. So yeah, that's great. Now, my last question uh, I really here again thank you for being on and I just I, I, I talked to a lot of successful players former players and you know they think all oh, the good old days like you said looking back after you retire like wow what a career what, what, a, what a dream come true now as a leader and as a college coach can you truly look back and feel that your future is brighter than your your past
1: oh absolutely Um, You know, I I pray every day for my future to to continue to allow me to guide, um, lead, and mentor young women just to be the best that they can be. I I hope that, you know, the mistakes and and the success of my past will help me to to inspire these young women and to help them grow. Um, You know, I'm extremely thankful for Coach Reese for giving me the opportunity to hopefully spark some inspiration in these young women and hope that they will take with them the things that I, that I can teach and they go through life and pay it forward and, and keep it kind of going, that the positivity won't die down. Anything that they're able to learn from me that hopefully they can pack down and, and generation by generation we're able to learn and grow and just get better.
0: Coach, I thank you so much. I really do. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your journey, your background, your story, all that, because I believe it's beneficial for other people to hear. And so thank you for spending some time with us today.
1: No, thank you for having me. And, um, you know, Coach Sutton gave me a a big shout out and said, (laughs) you you know, that that you're his guy. So I appreciate you thinking of me and and giving, you know, a a voice to um, not only me, but for women's basketball and women's coaching in in,
0: in its own. No, Kevin Sutton, that's my guy. I mean, (laughs) we've really connected and we, we work together really well on some projects and his Living Trophies movement, all that. I'm just just so humbled by it. So I'm glad you brought that up because he was like, hey, don't forget to give me a shout-out. So, Coach, there's your shout-out, man. <laughs>
1: there it is. <laughs>
0: but here again, Coach, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it.
1: No, thank you.